We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity, a podcast celebrating generosity at work. Not financial giving, giving valuable time, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Today, my guest is Larry Freed, CEO of Give and Take Inc., a company co-founded by Wharton professor and author of Give and Take, Adam Grant, and Wayne Baker, a professor at Michigan, and an author of All You Have to Do is Ask. Give and Take provides solutions that help organizations improve knowledge, collaboration, foster a culture of generosity, and improve engagement with products like the Reciprocity Ring, the Virtual Reciprocity Ring, and Givitas. Larry started his career in technology as a CTO in the banking industry. He then founded and managed an analytics firm, 4C Results, specializing in measuring customer experience. He is also the CEO and managing partner at Second Stage Partners, a strategic consulting firm for startups. He will bring his wealth of knowledge and highlight the effectiveness of a giving culture in organizations. Welcome, Larry. Thanks, Shannon. It's great to be here. So give us a little bit of your background. I started my career in technology, was CTO in the banking industry. Uh, then went to the business side of technology for about three years, then started a company back in 2001 with a business school professor named Dr. Klaus Fresnel called 4C Results, and we measured customer experience. Then I was lucky enough to get introduced to Wayne and to Adam and, and decided this was a, a great thing to take advantage of, and I jumped back in. That's incredible. How did you get introduced to Adam and Wayne? So a funny story, uh, a colleague, mutual acquaintance in Ann Arbor, someone said, hey, you should meet this professor. He's doing a he's got an interesting technology that they've started. And, you know, having done one with another professor, there's some uniqueness into, into that aspect. While this product was really aimed at larger groups of people, I saw that it would work great with my company at 350 and would have loved to have had it. Um, and it really would have helped us solve a knowledge sharing problem that you know we we had because we were growing and hiring all the time. As we get further into it, and I got acquainted with Adam um, it, in a really small world story. It turns out that Adam grew up in the same area that I did and lived down the street from my sister and babysat my nephews growing up in in uh, West Bloomfield, Michigan. Right. And so it made it a really small world and just said, just really said, man, this is the right thing to do. When you were first introduced to the the business model and the purpose for it. Help us understand what that was. Yeah, so the, the way I describe it is, is um, you know, Wayne and Cheryl had developed the reciprocity ring, you know, 20 some years ago, while Adam was actually a PhD, PhD student in Michigan. And that's really the, the connection and the, and the bond between them all happened. And, and uh, he was like one of the first facilitators of it and, and really took to it. And, you know, it was a big part of, of, I think, his foundational as he took, as he graduated and went on to Wharton and started to sort of lay his own groundwork. Um, and it was a big part of the book, Give and Take. And so as Wayne and Adam were out doing their reciprocity exercises, um, they were always great results and they accomplished a lot. Frequently, I think they would hear the comment, this is great, how do I do this every day and scale it across my organization? So that was sort of the, the birth of the idea of a platform to do that. Uh, we call it Givitas. Uh, so the combination of the word giving and Civitas. 
So the idea to take a group of citizens or bring a group of people together and create a generous, collaborative, helpful community. Because in many ways, Givitas is a, the online manifestation of the reciprocity ring. Mm -hmm. And so we put all that together and that's, and that's where we started. First thing I did was that, you know, after I did my due diligence, thought this is really interesting. I think you could make this a very successful product and company. I reached out to a few of my colleagues. Um, they said yes. And then we raised some capital and we, we got going, jump right in. Unbelievable. Wow. And so for those who are not already familiar with reciprocity ring, can you explain in its origin and how you're manifesting reciprocity rings now virtually? Yes. Um, so the reciprocity ring, the way I would describe it is it starts with the idea of bringing a group of people together and explain to them a couple of things. One, the power of asking for help. You never know what you're going to get until you ask. Some of the best sources of collaboration and innovation come from asking a question. And then the second thing you want to get across to the group is that the power or the value of being a giver. Uh, the fact that you can help others. Uh, when you help others, you feel good. It's very positive for the way you look at your outlook on life and, and your contribution. It's great for the company or the organization or the community. And it's also great for the person that's receiving the help. Um, and then the third key thing is, is that that activity of asking for help and giving help is really a great way for people to get connected. So build out your network, build out your high quality connections, increase your social capital. You know, if you roll the clock back 20, 30, 40 years, when I started in business, um, there was, you know, the, the books that your mentors gave you or told you to read were The Art of War, right? Kill or be killed kind of a theory, right? Or, or Jack Welch, who was a great leader, but you know, one of his principles was you get rid of the bottom 10% performers or you move them into a role where they can be successful, with, you know, as opposed to making those 10% better. Uh, yeah. So it's a little bit of a different approach. And I think in many ways, give and take when it came out 2013 mm -hmm. um, was really transformational in how people think about helping others. You know, you can be a giver and help others and still be a winner and still be successful. So the, the nice guy finished last isn't true, right? I mean, I've been a huge Adam Grant fan my entire career. When that book came out, I remember reading it nervously because my first instinct was, oh, no, it's going to say that the takers win. And then I thought, right. no, probably not right. But, you know, he does set it up in a way that's very um, intriguing, like he does everything where he get, creates that curiosity gap of like, well, who does win and, right. and why and redefining winning even because mm -hmm. your examples of the art of war and Jack Welsh say to me like that is a different definition of winning and success. And so this is really a brain shift or a new paradigm on what success means. You know, know what you know, know what you don't know. No one asks for help. Asking for help is a sign of strength because you're putting the project you're working on, the customer you're serving, the company you're working for above your own ego. One of the key things that Adam talks about in the book and, and there's been subsequent research is that, you know, sometimes givers don't finish top. Sometimes they finish bottom as well, it's really easy to get burnt out and the selflessness that can sometimes overtake you and you never wanting to say no and never delegating anything and, you know, and those kinds of things. And, and they did some really interesting research around generosity burnout. And that was a big driver in how we thought about our product. The key to that is that, wow, let's not build a platform where you want, where you get lost and, and spend two hours on it and go, where did my day go? Let's build a platform that is very easy and efficient and, and effective for you and your use of time. Yes, and I'm on several Givitas teams and I, I know what you mean firsthand, how 
user-friendly it is, how easy it is to get in and out, and really just how rewarding it is to see. I mean, I love reading the responses that other people have to questions that aren't even my questions, but I just find the resourcefulness of the group to be so inspirational and interesting. Do you have any research on how long people are typically on Givitas in any given session? We, use, we started using the expression, be a giver on five minutes a day. Um, for some communities, it's five minutes a day. Other communities, it might even be five or 10 minutes a week. You know, because it's a structured, purpose-built platform and that there aren't posting, there's not boasting, there's not bragging, there's not ranting, there's none of that. Um, it's people asking for help, information, and advice, and people giving it. So some people will just come and look when they want and browse around, but most people are driven by that outreach that says, hey, here's someone needs some help. So the reality of a five-minute favor you see repeatedly on the Give It Toss platform, and you likely see it in, in the comments that people make and in other areas. I know Adam shares that in Give and Take, the five-minute favor. Right. Can you share a little bit more about that and why that is such a useful amount of time to keep in mind. Yeah, you know, and a guy like Adam, who, who is incredibly generous, is also bombarded, I'm sure, with requests from all over, right? And, uh, and so you gotta figure out how to manage all of that. Uh, I think Adam's theories are more about doom and batches, right? So, because if you just do one, you don't get as much joy out of helping, you know. Uh, but the idea of five minute favor is limit your help to five minutes. If you can't help that person in five minutes, it's, it becomes a project. Um, and so let's see how we can do it quickly. Um, you know, and sometimes that's referring them on to somebody else. Uh, that's not your expertise. You know, someone can help them better than you can. You know, like we have a group of HR professionals. We have a group of association leaders. You know, we have a group of nonprofit leaders. We have a, a group of women in the workplace that people are, are interested in that, those topics. Um, we just created a group for Michigan-based startups to help them get through these difficult times. So you know sort of what the focus of that group is makes it even more efficient. You don't need to be in our platform every day. The, the thing that we really strive for is to make it easy and efficient and, and to make sure you don't forget about it. Um, and so we'll see someone make a request and then three, four months later make another request and you know, look at it and say, wow, that's great. They're staying part of the community. They're helping when they can. They're asking when they need it. Um, and so it's really purpose-driven. And I think that that makes the whole thing work well and, and leads us to that efficiency. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I first joined one of the Give It circles, I believe it was you who posed a challenge to us. And you asked each of us to ask for help at least once. Um, so tell me about putting out that challenge to people to ask for help. Yeah, so when I started looking at this topic um, and, and I first started talking to Wayne and Adam, I thought that it would be way harder to get people to give help than to ask for help. And it's the exact opposite. Um, it is way harder to get people to ask for help. There's a stigma. And, you know, I, I, and I, I fell into that trap too, right? I don't ask questions. You know, I don't ask for directions. I, don't, I often don't ask people for help. This made me force myself to do it. And it made me pass that on to people I know and, and, and my, you know, three, I have three boys that are all now out in the business world and I push them, you gotta ask, you gotta raise your hand. People will help you. And what's interesting is the thing that sort of tipped the scales for me in that was that um, if you don't make a request, then people aren't able to give. Uh, and and, and the, the almost fun way to describe it is nobody wants unsolicited help. 
right? You know, hey, Shannon, let me tell you how to run your business. You know, nobody wants Here's that. an idea. <laughs> and yet, so we actually enable people to be givers, which makes them feel great by making the request. And so, you know, we've, we've played around with lots of different ways to sort of motivate people to make that request. And we added a feature in the platform. We were working with some large companies and we said to the leaders, you guys got to lead by example and they couldn't make a request. And I sort of, I understand why it's harder sometimes for that, but they're getting a chance to give input, which they feel great about. Um, and you're showing them that it's okay to reach out and ask other people, you know, so we, we often think about celebrating the givers, which we should do. And, you know, absolutely. We also need to celebrate the people that are willing to, to put themselves out there and, 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 you know, be a little vulnerable, right. Which is a, a, another sort of field that you can dive deep into, but by asking for help, by asking for information and advice. Um, yeah. But I, I sort of didn't grow up that way. Right. You did it on your own, you know, and, and, and that was sort of how you did it and you figured it out and, you know, and, but, why? Let's all ask for help, Let, you know, and it really works. And then you see often that people, when they make that first request, then they'll come back and make more because they realize it's not hard. Um, they're not exposed. No one's making fun of them. I mean, I think people are reluctant to, to sometimes be vulnerable on wide open public platforms because there's a lot of harshness that goes on. We don't see that. And I think it's because it's purpose built and, and the language that we're using, it's about creating this environment of generosity. And I think that all helps to eliminate or, or at least mitigate sort of the harshness that we sometimes experience in the, in the public internet, if you will. Mm -hmm. That's so great. And just thank you for the work that you're doing in totality and the way in which it's helping people. I mean, in some cases, it's the only real direction I've been able to give clients of mine. Like one of my clients is the head of HR for this international company. And she said, all we're thinking about right now in the middle of the pandemic is what are we doing next week? What are we doing next right. month? And she said, I need to be thinking about what are we doing three years from now, five years from now? Like, how are we reorganizing our business? And she said, I just need other HR leaders who can, who I can talk to, who I can just ideate with. She said, I have no idea. They probably have no idea. How can we do this together? And I pointed her in the direction of that HR group of give a toss and she has found that so helpful and just like the the thing that she was looking for the most is like-minded people who want to help each other and collaborate ever struggle with asking for help larry will speak to that when we come back from this quick break if you had more time in your day what would you do with it listening to podcasts might not be the first thing you think of maybe that's because you're thinking podcasts take too much time to listen to but what if there were podcasts designed with your time in mind? Podcasts that spoke to you. Podcasts that you could listen to in short segments. We've put together podcasts exactly like that. The Quad Pod Network is coming soon. Check out QODPOD.com for more details. And we're back with more from Larry Freed, who's going to talk to us about the two sides of the coin. We need givers and askers. We really want to create, you know, almost a either, a, I don't know if the right phrase is a culture of generosity or a cycle of generosity, because it really builds on itself, right? And, and so, like, all the communications in the platform are transparent to everybody in the platform. And, you know, often we get the question, well, I think more people might ask a question if they could do it anonymously. 
but what's the integrity and the sincerity of it, right? And it, and that actually raises the stigma of asking for help because they weren't a, they were afraid to put their face on it, right. their name on it, right? Yeah, what you're saying is also reiterated in Wayne Baker's book that all you have to do is ask. And I just never realized how difficult it is to ask. And as I'm learning through you and this platform and through Wayne, I realize that I too have that problem. Psychological gap or or ego or what would just that the willingness to ask for help and express it in a way that's imperfect, but the people can go, oh, yeah, I think I know what you mean here. Right. Here's how I can help you. Um, there's like research that shows that um, often minorities or and first generation college students have a harder time asking for help. It was never demonstrated to them. There weren't people there to help them maybe. So for all those various reasons, you know, we've sort of built this up both, both Adam and Wayne's book, talk a little bit about the other side, but Adam's book is much more focused about giving. When you read it, you walk away and you think, you know, I can give people, I can help people, I can give them help and I'm gonna be successful. And Wayne's book is, is you know, what you really have to do is ask and that's gonna help you. And, and it's just such a great, you know, bookends to what we're trying to do of bringing both those together because one can absolutely not happen without the other. Like everybody wants right. to give, we all wanna contribute. So the power of asking for help, guidance, advice, direction, Input, all of that is so great. And then you talked about the, like, what's in it for the giver. What are some of the benefits to the giver? I mean, there's been a lot of studies that show that you feel better, you, you, your health can get better, um, you can, your performance can, can get better when you help others. Um, so we naturally feel good. You gotta, you gotta help your fellow people, otherwise it won't survive. And there's, so there were some studies done that actually, you know, looked at, at babies and very young children and how they act. And they're much more helpful to others. If they see somebody, if a, somebody drops a toy and is crying, someone will go over and often try to help them before they're taught. So the way I think about it is we come into the world that way and then society gets a hold of us and sort of turns us upside down and we need to make it easier to get. So I think we're wired that way initially in, in our DNA, if you will. And um, we just sometimes lose sight of that. We also try to really reinforce the idea of gratitude. I give and someone says, thank you, that makes me feel, I felt good giving and I even feel better when someone says thank you and appreciates it. And the yep. people giving the gratitude, there's studies that show, you know, the people that make their gratitude known, right, will actually be better physically, better physical health, better mental health and better performance. So everybody wins in this scenario. Yes. And, you know, there's so much of it that doesn't happen and that isn't displayed like that to us in the public world. And uh, yet more and more people, I think, are, are understanding that this is science-based. This isn't just feel-good kind of stuff. It's all there that proves it. Exactly. I went through the exact same journey as this became the top priority for the work I'm doing. Right. And when the data backed up everything and it talked about how generosity triggers the same parts of the brain as food and sex and just how good it feels, we could really take off with this because it it's good for us. It's good for us to be able to be givers. And, and you're right, to receive the gratitude also feels good or to feel like you had something that you had to give. It actually reminds you that we all have something to give. Absolutely. You know, as, as COVID started to happen, we started to look at, well, are people giving and asking more before and after? Is it different? And we, they're, they're a lot more afterward. We're not done counting it, so to speak, but it's just right. drastic. You uh, see people need more help. uptick in giving. Yes. And in giving and in asking for help. Right. right. I think the aspect of giving help and getting gratitude back 
in these kinds of times where, you know, a lot of people are struggling, a lot of, you know, mental health issues, uh, we're stuck in the same four walls We're you know, everyone sort of jokes, but we all, I think, feel like every day is the same as the day before. I, I mean, I don't remember what day of the week it is anymore. Being able to help others makes you feel good and, and, be, and people saying thank you and showing your gratitude back. And gratitude really does change everything. It's a, it's a perspective shifter. And I've heard it said recently that gratitude turns what you have into enough. Um, so how can the reciprocity rings still work remotely? Um, so we, we really looked at the process and said, we can re-architect the process and use Givitas as a way to sort of complete the picture. So we've created what we call a virtual reciprocity ring. It's very, very similar in approach, right? It's still about purposeful networking. And instead of just exchanging business cards at the bar or whatever at an event. And then it pivots into using Givitas to, to go through the exercise. And we're getting just great feedback on it um, because, you know, the people that have used it, they, they love it. It's part of the curriculum. In some cases, it's, it might be being used in a leadership training program. And now they can still do that. You know, the question that also often comes out of a reciprocity ring is, let's do this again. Um, or how do we keep doing this? And sure. the reality is, you know, even without... The, 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 what we're dealing with these days, you're not going to get a group together every week to do this or every Monday to do this. And some, some companies are, you'll have teams of people that they'll start a meeting by, Hey, what do you need? Right. It's sort of the idea of a standup, right? Here's what I'm working on. Do I need sure. help with anything? But you know, that, that puts it into a, a time slot where at that time slot, you might not have the need and 20 minutes later or an hour later, you may have it. And so the idea of being able to do it continuously, you know, it just, it's a natural role into give a toss as yeah. an ongoing for some people. So innovative to come up with a way to do it this way so that people still get the access to that type of a platform and they get the support that they're looking for. So for those who are hearing you and saying, it sounds great, I want to get involved, how can people have access to this technology and this support? Yeah, so with the name, the company name of Give and Take, you know, and, and, and being so focused on creating a generosity in an environment, we feel we have to give back. And so we've chosen a few ways to do that. Um, if you come to our website, giveandtakeinc.com, um, under the resource tab, we have a list of free communities that we've created. For us, it's, it's, it's about giving back and giving a place in the examples that you'd used before, you know, the HR person and the HR leadership group that's there and, and there's others as well. And the, the real value is, is they get to, to experience it and help each other. So the people that are participating are doing it. There's no cost. There's no charge. There's no advertising. To be honest with you, the first time we did it, it was, let's get some people to, to use this product and help us kick the tires. And it, people loved it. So it's like, okay, well, let's keep going. You know, it doesn't hurt us. It, it helps build awareness for the product and for the company. Uh, so we don't think it's a bad thing at all. Um, sure. But we do think it's, it's really helpful for people. It's a great way for people to you know, to, a place to go to ask for help, a place to go to help others. We, we did a bunch of surveys when we first started and we still do them periodically. And I remember somebody responding saying they were so grateful for this because they, they've always wanted to help others and really never had a place to do it. But everybody has a way to participate sure. um, and learn and benefit. So we're, it's exciting for us to be able to do that. for people. You also have a model where people could create a reciprocity ring and use give a toss internally, share ideas. Right. So the business model is basically, you know, you do it within your company, your organization, your community. Um, so there's a lot of use cases for it. We've seen it implemented in companies across a functional role, across a whole large organization or within a division. 
Um, there's just a ton of different use cases, but yeah, our business model is you license the reciprocity materials, you know, and or license the use of the platform and you can deploy that into your own community. Um, and it can be very locked down and secure behind, you know, single sign-on in, in a corporate environment, or, it, you know, we can basically go with a list of emails in a non-corporate environment, you know, or some communities are a little bit more open and they're trying to grow a community. So that brings us to the third thing that you talked about related to Givitas, which is the connection, the community, the networking. I mean, if there's one thing that I consistently hear people say that they should do more of, it's networking. What I always found is that when there was a, a reason for the discussion, a reason that you could connect to someone, it was always easier to remember who they were, better, you get better value, you, you, you feel a better strength of the relationship and it becomes a more valuable relationship for, for both parties. And to a great extent, that's what Givitas really does. So the, the two phrases we use, one is purposeful networking, the other is micro mentoring. Um, I always found that the, the idea of, of asking someone to be your mentor or being asked to be a mentor was a little awkward to me, but the idea that you build that relationship by smaller episodes of giving and getting help, and then it becomes a natural evolution into a trusted relationship that you can build from. And, and the beauty of it is that often the help that you get will not only come from the people in the community, but it will come from the people that they know. Because the power of the community is bigger than the community. It's, it's mm. the community and their network. Yes. And both the reciprocity ring and Givitas help you network. And that like better together. I mean, I've seen that saying more during... COVID-19 pandemic than ever before because people are saying, I can't do this alone. When we partner and we, you know, ripple out our effectiveness because we're putting all of our brains together or we're putting our resources together, we create exponential possibilities. And and everybody benefits. That's the beauty of it. Again, I think you got to make it easy for people to give. You need to have questions being asked. In a perfect world, maybe everyone should give out of the, the goodness of their heart. But the real key is that they give everybody still benefits. And I've heard you tell me too about just the ROI of this, about the amount of time that's saved because people are getting the support that they need rather than figuring it out themselves or not doing something or doing something poorly. Right. The the cost of poor knowledge sharing will cost a typical Fortune 500 company $60 million a year. Um, Well, we've done some ROI surveys around people that use the Givitas platform. And for every request they make, on average, they're saving about six hours of time. And so there's huge ROI to it. Um, and, and again, the, the person that has the answer is going to feel better with the fact that they were able to share it as well. Yes. ROG, Larry. ROG, return okay. on generosity. Yes. It is there. That's right. That's a great way for us to close and to be reminded that we truly are better together. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks for all you do, too. I mean, what you're doing is great. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, I love, I love return on generosity. <laughs> thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode about the ultimate knowledge sharing. We learned about the power of asking and how some of the best sources of collaboration and innovation come from just a simple question. Don't let your ego or insecurities keep you from seeking help. Be vulnerable and you'll be surprised by the outcome. The first step may be the mindset shift that asking for help is a sign of strength. Larry also mentioned the power and the value of being a giver. Research shows us when you help others, you feel good emotionally and mentally. Contributions are good for the organization and it's great for the receiver. 
a win, win, win. Try it for yourself. Finally, asking and giving help is a great way for people to get connected and build a purposeful, high quality network. It increases social capital and it can save hours of time by asking for help. Can you believe the stat Larry shared with us? The expense of poor knowledge sharing has been proven to cost a typical Fortune 500 company $6 million a year. $6 million for poor knowledge sharing. On the flip side, every request made on the Givitas platform has been estimated to save six hours of time. Six hours saved per every request. Take that generosity to the bank. Larry also reminded us that total selflessness leads to burnout. The key is that we have balance and invest shorter snippets of time. The target, be a giver in five minutes a day. Your ROG, return on generosity, takeaway tips are twofold. Ask and give. Ask. Ask for help. Need some micro-mentoring, resources, time to think, work, process, time off? Need coaching? Want to rehearse something and get some feedback? What is it that you need? And then give. Give two things. The first is a five-minute favor. Do something short and sweet. And two, give gratitude and appreciation. People who give gratitude will be better physically, mentally, and perform better. Givers want to give, but someone's got to ask. Asking for help is a sign of strength. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.